Welcome back to episode 176 of the Block Runner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and today we interview Adiv, who is the head of growth at Genie Data. Here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we ask Adiv how he got into the crypto space. Next, he explains Genie Data and how it contributes to Web3. Then we focus on how important indexers are for the future of ordinals. And finally, we get his thoughts on digital matter theory. All right, let's listen in. Welcome back to episode 176 of the Block Runner Podcast. I'm your host, William, always here with your co-host, I Man. What's going on, dude? And on the sticks, we got TJ. Hello. And most importantly, today we got Adiv Aarons, the growth, the head of growth at Genie Data. Hey, yeah. How's it going, guys? All right. Appreciate you joining us, man. So uh, we've been talking about indexing in the ordinal space, how important it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I want I want to ask you, Adiv, like, give me your, your mm-hmm. background, like how you got started in like the whole crypto space just to kind of kick things off. Mm-hmm. And then we'll yeah, get yeah. deeper into the Genie data and like all its functionalities. Yeah, of course. Sounds good. So yeah, me personally, I've been involved in uh, the crypto space for almost uh, seven years now. I yeah. got involved in early 2017, so um, so close, come around six and a half years, and kind mm-hmm. of got first started with Bitcoin and just everything it was doing. I started to understand what the whole banking system was about, mm. and this naturally started to shift over to want to know more about alternative investments after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's when I quickly learned about Bitcoin and, and other cryptos and became completely immersed in the whole space and slowly started to figure out ways to become a a professional in the space. So I started mm-hmm. to find different positions as far as um, in in Bitcoin or in you know alternative cryptocurrencies. And that kind of led me down different routes. I was, I used to help with uh, marketing and business development for a Bitcoin ATM company mm. and kind of started doing things of that nature and saw, I found my kind of my niche and my strengths within the whole ecosystem and slowly started to integrate myself that way. Mm. And I then found myself with uh, Genie Data and uh, yeah, I've been here for almost uh, a year, a year, a year since. So okay. um how long it's is been quite a quite a time good time uh you so you've been involved for about a year roughly how long has like genie data been an actual platform or had some presence in web3 if it was before your entry how long has it been around yeah it was before my entry um we we've been around for since like june of 2022 uh okay. june uh may of 2022 around that time is when Genie mm. data was formed so then it had to have come before ordinals right because Mm-hmm. Ordinals didn't really mm-hmm. come about until the beginning of 2023. Correct. So yeah, what was the focus? I guess if if you know, like what what market or demographic was Genie Data initially kind of like you know uh, targeted towards in those like early early days? Because I know your focus nowadays is definitely Ordinals heavy, right? Just yeah. like the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, exactly. So we kind of like first started as a data, a strictly data warehouse company, and we were. Uh, blockchain agnostic so mm-hmm. we were helping basically democratize data across all uh, across the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. and uh, we were doing that from 
from anywhere from Bitcoin. We did Bitcoin gas fees and just the Bitcoin mainnet we were really focused on to Ethereum all the way to, you know, new chains that mm-hmm. were being released like Aptos and other mm-hmm. chains. So okay. we were kind of providing data for all those uh, for all those uh, new chains. And uh, that was kind of our first footprint in yeah. the whole crypto ecosystem in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then we slowly kind of moved into uh, providing data for traders because it's kind of like a it kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know, very they're very much aligned just overall, like the different alpha you can get as far as what what on chain data provides. And we moved towards towards that. And um, yeah, then slowly after that, we we kind of uh, got involved in in ordinals. Mm-hmm. So that was so that was about almost like a full year of just like kind of finding our niche, finding what, because mm-hmm. we, we we came to the market as basically a on-chain data company mm-hmm. and being able to provide data for, for all. Mm-hmm. So that was one of our, our really, our like mo- most important, uh, you know, slogans, I guess you can call it. Sure. So what was it about Ordinals? Um, you know, it started in January, 2023 for the most part. And uh, it, it took maybe about two months to three months before it got real traction. I remember talking about ordinals maybe in February when yeah. we were looking at BRC20 tokens. Yeah, I guess it was around March is whenever the actual demo yeah. released the BRC20 standard, I think. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And then, yeah, that's when things really picked up. Yeah, yeah. so uh, the BRC20 market went from like $23 million when we looked at it to a yeah. billion dollars. In like, a, in like three few, weeks. A few weeks, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so... I guess when when it comes to like ordinals and and, and uh, genie data, what was it about like the the fact that indexers play such a critical role? What about ordinals do you think is going to be like the thing that um, you know is it kind of important to support like as an ecosystem? Yeah, you guys kind of you know really hit hit it on the nail there. That's what kind of made us really interested was BRC twenty tokens mm-hmm. really took off, mm-hmm. yeah. and what Domo was doing and what the whole what the whole ecosystem was about started to make more and more sense. Then we saw other ordinal projects like OMB mm-hmm. and um, other other like you know top tier like you know Bitcoin whales and other other ones take off too, and you know there was a lot of liquidity running into this space, yeah, and a lot of, a lot of innovation as well, you know, and and we saw we saw kind of like oh then we saw ORC20 come out mm-hmm. ORC20 token standard come out and we saw no indexes were made quite yet mm-hmm. it could it be it could be a, a top tier token protocol we're not quite sure you know there's very it's very nascent super like it's already nascent in a, in a nascent mm. bitcoin you know ecosystem yeah. so yeah. it's super young you know and yeah we just we just we just took a leap of faith into ORC20 we have we have really high high end devs on our team high end product developers on our team that have a plethora of experience in uh defi and even as well as search engine optimization mm-hmm. and and the list goes on so we decided to take uh we decided to you know take a, a leap of faith into ORC20 cuz ORC20 was lacking the data the data indexer yeah and and uh, we we did that. We saw a lot of a lot of momentum, a lot of traction just from the ORC twenty index release. Mm. Yeah, so we saw a lot of hype, a lot of excitement, a lot of traction in the ORC twenty space. Yeah, 
So we decided to, we decide, we, or just overall ordinals, but ORC 20. So we decided to kind of go uh, dive into other, other projects, yeah. other projects in, in the space that led to org games sure. that led to uh pokey, pokey, uh, pokey game that was created on org, org games. Right. Then there was um, the namespace. So mm-hmm. like the list goes on that really started, like things started to gain a lot of traction. So I'm looking to understand like the strategy here a little bit. So you guys are, are focused on or or ORC20. Is it because there's plenty of indexers that covered the BRC20 space? Is is that why you you focus on ORC20? Yeah. So ORC20 in the beginning seemed like a potentially good good idea mm-hmm. as far as it it was almost like the optimized version of BRC20 at the time. Um, but you know, it, it's always tough to get consensus in the community. Yeah. And and that was one of the issues that ORC20 kind of um we we kind of dealt with in, in the whole uh ecosystem around ORC20 dealt with it was, it was consens- consens- uh, consensus consensus issues yeah. that we just couldn't come uh, to agreements with for certain for certain things to mm-hmm. make the indexer um, as accurate as it could have been. Mm-hmm. So um, we st- we still obviously track. O- if you go on our pro- uh, on our profile on our ordinal data ordinals our newest product, we still have ORC twenty indexer. Correct. Uh, and it just didn't pick up the traction that we thought it might have sure. or it could have. And we 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 saw we 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 thought we we were catching on to something early on sure and that's why we're like okay yeah let's do let's do this indexer you know it could be the next brc20 mm-hmm. and it could it could um could catch the yeah. imagination of many other builders like us sure but it just you know didn't go from 20 million to 1 yeah. billion obviously yeah. like a brc20 did I, I feel like uh indexers think a lot like like traders do like uh potentially like dgens do because Indexers will support anything that gets traction and they'll they'll index and they'll kind of like support that ecosystem and then traders will go wherever the liquidity is. Mm-hmm. Like uh like BRC20 isn't the most um uh, like developer friendly token, right? ORC20 is right. probably better. Well you, yeah, yeah. And you got to remember like during the early days whenever all that BRC20 explosion did happen, I think the only indexer in the room supporting all that was Unisat. Yeah, right? correct. So like the whole market was dependent on Unisat. I remember Unisat. I think went down for like a little I bit. I remember and that. like all those. Yeah, your wallet was gone. <laughs> yeah. No, I all those those tracking sites, right? Like yeah. BRC20.io. All of them, the information was incorrect because yeah. they were all depending on those APIs, right? That's right. And for a second, I had a heart attack. I was like, yeah. "Oh no, dude!" Like everything just collapsed while I was asleep. Apparently, but yeah. then I quickly realized, no, it's just Unisat's indexer. I guess had a, a fault or something. like that. And right. then once that happened, that's when this conversation started to kind of like permeate, right? That's whenever I first became even aware of indexers. Yeah. Like I've heard about it before because of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know how important they are, right? And now everybody the discussion of like how do we like safeguard the entire space right. from like this problem, right? I mean, we, obviously we need more of them. Yeah. And then we need consistency among the indexers as well. And then how do we decentralize this as much as possible so that, you know, yeah, do These you guys think about that? that like, yeah. how do you guys, um, like, what's the final form of indexers for like Bitcoin? Like, is it is it like one single source of truth? Is it many indexers like supporting different meta protocols? Like, how do you 
how do you see this rolling out like in its in its like Maturity? you know mature mature yeah. form? Yeah. Yeah, we we encourage other other indexers and other other um data providers to work together because we we believe you know open open decentralized future is is the best way to have distributed data and the best way to have the most accurate and most um you know most accurate most most efficient and, and as well as you just said there's there's been many cases where unistat was the only one and, and mm-hmm. if there was a failure on their end then there wouldn't be data provided for mm-hmm. uh for you know maybe a couple hours to a full day yeah so we believe that it should be as distributed and open as possible so we we've been in talks with uh um you know domo and and the mm-hmm. other guy and some some other other players in, in that area about like alex as well the alex protocol mm-hmm. we've been speaking with all of them or the alex team not really protocol but the team mm-hmm. we've been speaking on that uh, with them about trying to open source are uh find like trying to help out with the open source indexer for brc20 mm-hmm. so you reached out to them or did they reach out to you guys is because we saw their i guess their unveiling of yeah, the uh indexer of indexers yeah collaboration of many indexers yeah so that, one. so i would think yeah genie data is going to have to play some kind of role in that right so yeah, we're we're definitely trying to try and have put our uh, get got our feet wet over there and mm. and have a, a little bit of a footprint there as well and help out uh, as well, as much as we can. We had a uh, actually somewhat of a relationship with Domo before he created the PRC twenty token. Oh, wow. We were just in it. Yeah, it was funny. Um, eat myself. I, I had a conversation with Domo before, and um, and then you know we we had somewhat of a relationship. We wanted to help have him kind of use our dashboard. Like we even before we got into ordinals, right? Yeah. And then he uh, he blew up after he made the BRC twenty token standard. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah no. It, from then on, we kind of like just always were talking. And then our team, one of our team members, uh, Coco, she's uh, you know he- top tier. She uh, was at the Singapore twenty forty nine token event, mm-hmm. token summit. And we spoke with a lot of the, a lot of the uh, people, a lot of the, you know, high-end people over there from Alex to Domo. And we, we're, we're, we're in close contact with them. That's pretty cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, if you could give some insights since you know him pre-ordinals, like what was, what, where did, what was his origin, yeah. I guess? What was he doing? What was he doing before he created that standard? Like, uh, what was his involvement? Just, just so we know a little bit more about, cause at this point, like you're saying, he blew up, right? Yeah. There's almost yeah. like a godlike <laughs> entity, you know, he shows up at these events, conferences, and he maintains his anonymity, right? Yeah. And he's Domo, right? So yeah. how come he gets to decide I mean, of course, he was first to bring like a fungible token standard, but like you're saying, ORC20, even though it's more technically probably capable, we're seeing things like TAP right. and, the, and the track ecosystem much more functionally robust. But how come there's so much of like an organization forming around Domo, right? Yeah. Like, what do you, what is your insight into that, you think? I think Domo is very uh, calculated. I mm-hmm. think he knows what he's doing. You know, okay. I, I also he before all of this, he was just a you know data dashboard analyst. He would create Dune analytic dashboards and was oh, wow. creating really high end comprehensive ones. So he was he was like a very high end SQL developer, and he had you know obviously other other um, can code in any basically any language. He he was very very well versed mm-hmm. in other other forms of coding. 
but yeah, we, I mean, I literally just was like, yo, like I had a conversation with him just like, um, just like kind of what we're having, not as like official, but you know, it was just, mm-hmm. he wasn't, he didn't show himself on the camera, but it's kind of still, you know, having the anonymity to yeah. him, mm-hmm. but, um, he was just a really cool guy and just wanted to, he's very open, very friendly, very open. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things too. He's just always trying to develop and create and be open yeah. about what he wants to create and how he wants to see the space move forward. I think that's a very important thing that he, that he, um, he emanates when you speak with him. Mm. And, and the thing is with, ORC ORC 20 it was it was kind of like that but there wasn't a figurehead behind ORC 20 okay, just like right. with BRC 20 there's a figurehead behind mm, it and I think that helps out a lot I feel um, like, I feel like we need to personify all these uh these protocols <laughs> yeah because once need... once you personify them you can kind of identify with like it's like Satoshi Nakamoto everyone is Satoshi right or like Satoshi with bitmaps exactly right? there, yeah. there has to be some even though these are like leaderless in a sense, like the community and yeah. the consensus around that is supposed to be kind of like what, what, what navigates the future trajectory to these, uh, yeah, these sectors or whatever. But nonetheless, we all need something to, uh, we need like a, a figurehead, somebody to keep us all motivated, I guess, or something every now and then the community can't just come to a consensus. Right. And it's good to have somebody present. I guess we gotta, we gotta always have some, somebody to worship, <laughs> right? Worship. Yeah. Maybe. I it could know. be. It could well, be. Well, that's coming from you because you actually do worship Satoshi. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So worship or just, I don't know, there needs to be some sort of like embedded, uh, I guess figurehead's the right word. I don't yeah. know. Somebody somebody we can all kind of rally around, right? Yeah, yeah. Anonymous or not. So. Did you know that we're more than just a YouTube channel? We also built Mscribe, the first inscription platform built from the ground up for the metaverse on Bitcoin. Connect your bitmap ordinals and use our tools to bring your community into the virtual realm. Support us by joining the movement at mscribe.io. Like, comment, and subscribe for the latest alpha. Back to the video. Yeah, so Adiv, you mentioned um, you mentioned Dune Analytics. So what is it that makes Genie Data distinguishable from Dune Analytics or other popular data services? Yeah, I think uh, one one of the biggest things that make makes us a little bit more different than than a regular, you know, from Dune or from Flipside Crypto is our our dashboards are all like open and transparent, and we have like a Genie Data Studios. Um, so anyone that creates on our dashboards can create um, creates on their on our Genie Data Studios, and basically you create a profile, and within that profile, anyone can view it. So on on Dune and on Flipside, it's more opaque. And it's not as uh, transparent, so you can't see how everyone actually used uh, their their SQL or or their coding to um, to let's say extract certain data mm-hmm. to create this uh, specific dashboard mm-hmm. or what trends they were what trends they were trying to um, basically uh, showcase. In our, ours, you can see all of the coding that went behind it. So that's right there, a little bit, a little difference. And then as well, our, our SQL is is different. We we use a different type of uh, SQL uh, uh, coding than than Dune or than um, uh, Flipside Crypto and 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 some some of the other guys. Mm. So, uh, do you have to be a developer to leverage um, Genie Data, or how do you how do you create these like um, dashboards? I would say you need some type of background in SQL. Okay. Um, that would definitely help. So you need to have like 
a broad knowledge of how to use SQL. What what I will say is, though, if you um you you we have a ton of dashboards at our um on our dashboards on the inside tab in our on our website, we have a ton of dashboards that have like mockups or like templates, or just like templates. Sure. Yeah, like templates. Um. And, and like ways that we've created dash like you know free trial type of dashboards that are legitimate legitimate data from as legitimate dashboards from legitimate data sources and you can actually kind of use a lot of that code a lot of that code or those like snippets of, of sql code to help you navigate to create your own okay. dashboard we've had a couple um people that a little a, a couple collaborators from the actual ordinal space i shout them out sam um, he created a few dashboards with actually no SQL background at all, mm. but he used um, ChatGPT and others, yeah, other like say. you know, um, other other ways, and as well our our um, our 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 service too that we offer. He used all of those to actually create a a pretty comprehensive dashboard from just uh, from just all of, from just that. So I, I think um, it. It's over. It's ideal to have a background, sure, in in in, in the coding aspect of SQL. But but these you, days like now, you just need ChatGPT. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you don't these days. You have ChatGPT. You have you have a lot of tools uh, mm. around you that can help you really figure out how to um, go about making a a pretty co- pretty comprehensive dashboard. Has anybody so, released like a a guide or anything that you're aware of, like a how to build a dashboard step by step with chat gpt anything like that oh that's a, yeah Just that's wondering. a great idea actually yeah. Yeah. i i think um we we should speak on we should speak with some of our collaborators that did that yeah um like we we have we have like tutorial uh dashboards on our on our website so mm-hmm. you could like just use all that code a custom co- like code that's inserted in here already yeah and then this ask chat gpt like is this a matter of prompting chat gpt mm-hmm. correctly yeah and kind of having like a good background on like understand like some type of like service level background on sql and you can you can like and then use our coding that we have in the tutorial to kind of create something pretty mm. pretty high end but um that's a good idea too we, there's other things that we're you know, trying to do to make it a more user-friendly, uh, you know, tool. So yeah. someone like me, I'm not the most technical person. I don't really have yeah. much of a background in SQL or Python. Sure. And um, yeah, like, you know, someone like me or others that can just come on here, like, I want to create a dashboard to see, yeah. you know, what what's happening in the bitmap ecosystem, what's happening in namespace ecosystem, or what's happening with OMB, or what's happening with Bitcoin frogs, right? I want to, I want to do a, uh, I want to make a, a dashboard like that. Mm-hmm. And eventually I think we're going to add a lot of layers on top of what we have to help <laughs> with, uh, with help, help make uh, these dashboards and make mm-hmm. it a lot more simple for, for yeah. the simple user like me to use uh, mm-hmm. Genie data. So um, I, I, I'm curious, like where the, the source of the data come, come from? Is it from like the indexing part of Genie data or, or can you use like any database to like kind of uh you know put together a dashboard? Yeah, so uh we it's it comes from our comes from our source. So okay, we we gotcha. we had it integrate into a lot of these uh projects and um into bitmaps into BRC twenty into uh, the namespace into org games. We had to had to open open it up and be able to uh like we we were the ones basically. Uh, 
uh, indexing all that data mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and, and fetching it all. So if you, if you go actually on our uh, website and you go now that we have it all, like it's all transparent too. So it's not just through our insights tab. It's actually now on our ordinals tab. And you can see all of it, like real real time updates of what what's happening in the ordinals ordinal yeah. space as far as um, yeah, I love that heat what, map that you guys came up with. Yeah. I think it's so badass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's sick. It's sick. The heat map, and I I think the visualization of it is just so helpful. There's nothing yeah. currently like it. You know, there's nothing where there's like some good visualizations. And not saying that nothing will come up. Nothing next. Not someone will probably eventually copy what we're doing, which makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, like. It just, uh, this is like, we're just in the beginning endings of ordinals, right? So yeah. I think we have, um, we, you know, we have a, a long ways to go, but I think, you know, we, we're positioning ourselves pretty well as far as like this, the, the genie data ordinals product. I think that, you know, and we even have like the BRC20 index. So we actually end up creating a BRC20 index too, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I noticed um, <clears throat> through your platform, you're also able to like mint or inscribe BRC twenties through it. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of like piggies back on a a concept me and Will have been like really interested in is like, okay, you guys are obviously in critical <laughs> indexers in general. Yeah. Critical infrastructure components to this ordinal space, this building on Bitcoin movement. So what is like the sustainability mechanisms? Like like how how are you guys generating like revenue to yeah. sustain operation, right? Because this is a, this is a, a lot of work, a lot of maintenance. And uh, yeah, because uh, like Unisat, it's pretty obvious. They can index things, but they have a pretty obvious revenue source, right? It's their secondary marketplace they've built. Yeah, their inscriptions yeah. as well. So I'm just curious, like what is that thing for Genie Data and any other indexer out there? Like what's the most agreed upon strategy to like make sure you guys don't turn Monetize. off the switch? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, that's a great, there's server costs that go into it. There's operational yeah. costs that that's go right. into all of this. Uh, so yeah, it's not it's not cheap to do what yeah. we're doing, and to do it at a large scale, which we plan on doing it. You know, hopefully throughout this whole bear market to to the next bull mark to the mm-hmm. next bull run, we're still here and running you know efficiently and effectively as possible. I think I think uh I think what how we go about that is um, we have a few different revenue sources. So our first one is our premium outlet, which is basically you can upload your own. Uh, data off chain and the only way you can do that is by being subscribed to our premium and um that that's like um that costs you know some some dollar amount every month um and then and then um from from that so that's like that's been around for quite some time it's been around since we've actually been established but you can use it you can use all the on-chain data we have for for free so like the tool is free for people that want to use on-chain data if you want to upload your own data that might not be available that we have indexed um that we might not have indexed then you can upload your own so from the from that source you can create um revenue or we, we create revenue uh, we have another source like our flow flow product uh which is our trading tool and that's going to help you you know, get real-time crypto and option order flow updates. Mm-hmm. So what's happening as far as on-chain to off-chain within uh, the DeFi and DEX's uh, um, ecosystems, and then as well on, on um, off-chain as far as centralized exchanges. Mm-hmm. So on-chain De- DEXs and then off-chain centralized exchanges, you'll get all the real-time whale updates and all of that. 
And yet to be able to use it to the most comprehensive way possible, that cost um that cost a fee as well, a monthly fee. Yeah. And then we have the Ordinals product. So we have a few different products that yeah. will help us create it. The Ordinals product, which um, we've already been seeing a, a quite amount of people use our inscription service because it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. use once you uh, you see all like the alpha. Like if you go on our tool, you'll see we have an alpha signal on the homepage and it'll show you like who is minting what. Mm-hmm. And then as well, like what if it's a whale, if it's smart money, you know, a whale basically means it, it holds... Um, it, it holds a, a ton of that that what that wallet address holds um uh, has created has made a lot of different inscriptions uh, um you know based on their history and then and then smart money means it's it, it's been to uh mints early on mm-hmm. the mint so like let's say if you minted omb or bitcoin frogs early on or let's say stats a stats name if you minted those early on, you're one of the early guys that minted, um, you'll be considered smart money. So like each one, uh, each one has a, so then you can go from that alpha signal. You can mm. literally just go straight from there and you can inscribe on our, on our tool itself and you can copy and paste the inscription that they use and then inscribe it on our tool. So it makes it very simple and easy mm. to process That's as far cool. as if, if you see like some crazy good, uh, you know, traits or moves to get into in the, in the genie data, in the ordinals ecosystem, you can go straight to the inscriptions tab and, and yeah, you can, you can, uh, you know, you, you don't really miss a, a beat as far as, uh, yeah. as far as like uh, what, what's happening in the space. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to like following, um, some of the like really important ETH addresses that, were involved in a bunch of like mints that ended up doing like a crazy run. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of follow those addresses. And if next time they mint something, then on genie data, you can just follow that address mint, whatever they're minting mm. from genie data. Yeah. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was like the, um, sorry for another thing, but yeah, that was like the, the idea behind it. It's like, we're basically trying to be the D banker ether scan mm. of, mm. of ordinals. Yeah, EtherScan, and then all of this can be, yeah, like you're saying, you create derivative products from, like, I guess, because our, our objective as, like, content creators is always, like, man, we got to have our finger on the pulse yeah. as much as possible. But you guys actually, like, create the pulse yeah. <laughs> in a way. Like, you get to create, like, uh, the, the, the ma- machinery that's, like, reading the pulse that the rest of us kind of, like, that's right. have to interpret to, like, give the diagnosis out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're the doctors out there. Right. You guys are the ones providing the, the, the equipment to know, like, what's where, where the pulse is and all that stuff, right? So it's, it's very important. So there's a lot of products, of course, that you guys can spin up at any time. Yeah. Really, because you, you guys provide all these important signals, right? So, yeah, the alpha signals. Yeah, I could see you guys definitely turning into like a, a Delphi digital. Like now you could start aiding in like how, um, you know, how to form optimal ordinal token economics and stuff like yeah. that. You know, let's strategize and help these projects build. Because as of right now, there's like not one ecosystem like leveraging these tokens in any like sensible way, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, like, and and if you're getting these alpha signals, or anybody can get them at, at this point, that uh, you could just start start making tweets and really, yeah, like indicating like what is happening in the markets. Like if there's this this uh this important address minting these like um mm. tokens, mm-hmm. I mean those are like you know valuable tweets that people would like to know, right? Exactly. So yeah, this is very useful. Yeah, it is interesting, and uh, 
yeah, I guess it, it provides more insight into the value of indexing, right? Because, yeah. again, this is a new concept to me, a new revelation. Because <laughs> yeah. I think whenever we entered the space as builders, a lot of this was already handled from yeah. the Ethereum side. Right. We came in, like, at that stage of, like, that ecosystem maturing. But now that we're, all like, you know, focused on the Bitcoin side, it's so primitive and nascent. Like, yeah. indexing is front and center as, like, th this is the problem, right? So how how deep Adiv, do you guys go in in terms of like supporting like meta protocols? Do you mm. because right now it's like the yeah. the way that we like to explain <laughs> indexers is like they're the smart contract layers, so to speak, mm. of like the Ordinals ecosystem, and they're the ones who handle like the logic of like a, spe a specific purpose. Like for example, in bitmaps, you can only mint a a bitmap as long as it exists as a block, right? Mm -hmm. You cannot mint future bitmaps. Um, and this is going against, you know, first is first on the ordinals, like inscriptions. Yeah. Right. So how far do you guys go in terms of like supporting like really complex mm -hmm. meta protocols? Do you go all the way or do you only go in if there's traction? Like, how do you make that determination? Yeah. I, ideally, we try to be as efficient as possible. So we, we want to go in as nuanced as we possibly can to support it to its full, to its full. Okay capabilities that's the whole point we want to we want to be the most efficient as possible so the whole space doesn't have any lack yeah. as far as what's transparent and and what's happening so we try to go to the end and we we try to have the conversations those close conversations with all the all the all the contributors to to those projects okay so uh you're you're talking about transparency so i uh, indexers like kind of to, to kind of start off since ordinals are so new right this is like a very immature sort of like development space uh right now indexers are like very centralized they kind of like dictate what happens to, so to speak mm -hmm. uh it, are there any plans for you guys to decentralize in one way or another like do you guys think about that or is it still too early yeah no for sure that's one of the like that's one of the reasons why Excuse me. That's one of the reasons why we've been trying to work closely with Alex and, and Domo. We we really want to. We believe in an open, decentralized future for for indexers, and that's kind of like the the end all, or mm -hmm. I would say the most important aspect of of what this space can can hold as far as what we what we can do for indexing. Think think that's like that's one of our one of our most important visions for the future for indexing is trying to make it as open source as possible and as well as decentralized as possible yeah. so mm. anyone can basically you know either correct certain coding correct a, a certain flaw that might be that might be in a bug or sure. creates like a a chain reaction that that gives off like a bad uh, a, a bad um indexed mm -hmm. data source so we, we want to create as as an efficient marketplace as possible we believe the best way to do that is through open sourcing it mm -hmm. and then decentralization is just a great way to uh make sure that there's no one fail point so we're trying to trying to help uh the space do that and you know right now we just we're we just want to show our products off you know give people get people to use them get people to get alpha, help people, um, you know, start to like our whole, our whole idea is to democratize data, right? So to be able to democratize that is a decentralized future. Mm -hmm. 
and yeah like that's our that's our ult- ultimate ultimate goal is to really open source all of these indexers like we're we're new to it you know we we um we ourselves weren't you know we, we've been obviously indexing other chains for for a while but to the ordinal space we're we're new to it you know we're we're new to the becoming the infrastructure for them mm-hmm. for for ordinals for for all bitcoin assets so it's quite exciting for us to to have this to have this responsibility for sure. for ordinals you know and we're 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 excited because we found uh, a great a great space to to really make a large uh imprint impact imprint yeah, yeah we feel similar as well yeah, like agreed. um I think we made a pretty significant impact because our focus is definitely metaverse. We made a pretty big one mm-hmm. on the Ethereum side, but uh, we have this opportunity with Bitmap to make like as big of an impact as could potentially be had. Yeah, considering yeah. like this is the first like standard attempt to emerge from the metaverse uh, ecosystem. But uh, I just wanted to ask uh, a little bit more on the um, Alex Labs thing because um, I don't know mm-hmm. me personally reading the sentiment I guess that's out there. A lot of people, you know, they, they they don't see this as 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 decentralized an effort as I guess people envision mm-hmm. this indexer thing to become. Like, so what is it that you've seen with this coalition, this this attempt, this collect collaborative effort that that you think is like the the de facto solution to uh, eventually becoming something that's decentralized enough yeah. to where like we don't have to trust these indexers individually too much? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Of course, we're we're always going to get the yeah the the naysayers and the people that don't think that this is like the best attempt. I think this is a great attempt to to start it to start this whole vision of decentralization of of indexers. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know if it's going to be the one that gets it right first. Mm-hmm. Not sure if if our attempt to help them out will will be will will help as well bring sense decentralization. But I I do love the intention. I think that's the most important thing is that we have the right intentions, and I think the right intention is is bringing decentralization and bringing a a more a more efficient future for for no no like fail points to have data become distributed mm-hmm. and 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 not so we don't have one central point of failure and we don't have um we don't rely too much on one source i think think the intention behind alex labs is so it, there's been initiatives across the whole the whole um that whole space that whole act that we're going to work together and bring a lot of coexisting indexers to work together to create something that can help for uh to create a a decentralized indexer so i think that's that's the right intention Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. We'll yeah. see if uh, if if each if all of us are able to work together in this cohesive uh, cohort. Mm. And if we are, then then I think I think we can get something close to what we want done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be complex, just because it is. every everyone has their own interpretation of what is decentralized. <laughs> like, yeah, like the only thing that we've seen that is extremely decentralized is Bitcoin, and like and and then it. It really gets more centralized when you go beyond Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it feels kind of similar to Bitmaps too, in a sense. Where like obviously the ethos for Bitmaps is is uh, as decentralized as a metaverse ecosystem can, yeah. at least from its inception point, become. 
but it's going to require the collaboration of, I guess, actual like centralized organizations, entities, protocols, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All contributing towards this like decentralized ecosystem or yeah. a broader protocol that's it's more distributed, right? So it, it makes overall, I guess, over time, there is like you're saying, the, the single point of failure is, is the biggest or or, or attack. Yeah. Is the, the biggest thing we're trying to avoid as like uh, ecosystem creators, right? So if, as long as there's like enough distribution and I guess enough uh, maybe like checks and balances in place because that I don't even think that has really entered the discussion is like how are we going to govern all these things yeah right that's kind of like what's up in the air as far as okay if there's some sort of process to distribute and, and bring access specifically for indexers into the system right like where what is the the, kind of the mechanism to you know adding or removing these actors within this ecosystem, right? Yeah. That is a little bit what's like up in the air. I think not enough clarity in that regard. Right. And I'm not expecting you to answer that. Cause I think that's like a question for Alex labs, you yeah. know, or whoever or the, else is really incepting all this. Just the whole design of like the, the decentralization of it, mm -hmm. because yeah. I think like whatever gets traction, that's what you, that's what this, this network supports. Correct. If that traction ends up falling off before below a, th a certain yeah. threshold, it just gets like, Removed from the, the database, if you will. It's like your airplane analogy, right? Yeah. You, you got to build the plane first. Yeah, that's right. Or before you send it off and then you let the, you know, <laughs> you, you let the community take over like the, the yeah, uh, operations of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and more on that point, I think, I think it's important that we, we recognize that it, it's good to have a lot of indexers because yeah. once we, we start to have a lot of indexers and I think that's slowly occurring and at least in the BRC 20 space, starting to see a lot more indexers come out think that will as well bring more efficiency and as well it will help with not having to deal with if there's one if there's one error or one central point we'll be able to have it distributed across all the other indexers and i think it's super important that the space becomes a little bit more advanced before we want this decentralization to take place yeah. bitcoin wasn't decentralized correct right away it, it took time before it became the most decentralized and most protect and most trustworthy network. Um, it took it took a couple of years. It took five, ten years, right before we were like, okay, this is one of the most distributed, most decentralized networks in all of, like, I mean, all we're gonna see, right? Because technically, there's nothing close to it in crypto, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna continue to become more more. Uh, the network's gonna continue to become more secure within time, and this is well gonna become more dis distributed within mm -hmm. time. So I think. Um, I think that's the that's the whole point here. I think overall, if we continue to build here, we continue to uh, have others that are building indexers, others that are providing providing data for the space, opens opens trying to open source the the data for the space. I think overall, we'll see a decentralized future for all of ordinals mm -hmm. and especially indexers. Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, you're not you're not gonna decentralize anything, right? Just like on day one. Yeah. Right. So it's gonna take it. Definitely some coordination. Uh, it's going to take, you know, the the community to to basically understand that it's going to take some time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and ultimately, as as we're kind of figuring out this whole decentralization part, we're, we're out here like creating metaverses and like creating BRC 20s and all, all kinds of like weird stuff. Right. Yeah, I guess we're creating the uh, the products in anticipation of like eventually right. once you guys figure out all this internal yeah. infrastructure stuff yeah to kind of keep track of all this like hopefully you know we'll be ready like uh, to give you guys something of, of value right yeah. for you guys to kind of like uh you know maintain and track 
on our behalves, right? Right. That's that's definitely what we see. So, um, I guess let's speak on that a little bit because we have a lot of we're we're witnessing a lot of um, organic, I guess, attempts at creating new, I guess, like uh, ordinal products, new standards, whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. We just talked about one. Yeah, BRC four twenty. Yeah, it's like a whole <laughs> new like asset creation standard, like specified for the metaverse that has like royalty rule sets embedded within yeah. them. So like a whole new creator economy could potentially emerge from that, right? So like what what is it like you individually, like from an idea like that, let's say that or whatever comes after it, well, what's the inflection point of like, okay, this is something that needs to be respected, something that needs to be like in- integrated into yeah. for now genie data, but in the future when you're part of like this even bigger yeah. system of indexing, like how is that going to even come about? Like who's going to bring bring us all in, you know? Yeah. yeah, no, it's, that's that's uh, an interesting point. We're I, we're in this phase of the ordinals world where it's just all trial and error, like what works and what doesn't work, and we're testing things out endlessly. We've been testing, uh, obviously, BRC twenty. We tested RC twenty. There was RC cash is still around. All these all these tokens are still around, right? Mm-hmm. But now with the BRC four twenty, I think. You know, from Recursiveverse, Jeff, uh, the founder, mm-hmm. he's been talking about doing something like this for for quite some time now, and um, um, it's honestly really cool to see, yeah, how what what's happening from this. This could be very interesting. And I was reading into it, you know, earlier today about what what the possibilities are for it. And um, I, I obviously I want to do more research into this and mm-hmm. all, and you know, play around in the whole ecosystem before I can say whether this is you know something that uh, uh, like that could be um legitimate and reach an inflection point of getting a lot of uh, people involved mm-hmm. and they also there was also like a brc 721 that i think was also yeah. like a yeah. recursive uh yeah. standard but um you know i i like the idea of recursives and, and recursions and i think um i think yeah i think <laughs> It's it's just a lot to take in because there's so many things yeah. happening right now. Yeah, absolutely. and I think when you reach a point of inflection, when we start to see the big dogs in the space, the big developers, like the big infrastructure uh, tools, like ourselves or some, uh, you know, Unistat or these other other uh, tools, like even Or.io, even though it's not really a tool, it's more of like a marketplace. But people like that, um, and then you know the bit the big uh, the big dogs in the space where they're where they're you know willing to take it more serious and and develop on it i think yeah. that's a really important thing if they're developing on it and then as well if liquidity is moving to mm-hmm. to that certain token yeah. i think that's where it can reach an inflection point i think brc20 was able to do it because it was basically really the first token standard ever built mm-hmm. and um and it was a unique idea and and took the took the imagination of many in the space Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe, um, I believe there will be some more tokens that are created in the ordinal space, but not sure which ones will, will do that. You know, mm-hmm. if it, anything that goes from 20, 20 million to a hundred billion uh, to $1 billion in, mm-hmm. you know, just total value, it's pretty, pretty impressive. So I think once, that's once great. we see something surpass a hundred million, that's when we can, that's when yeah. you should start kind of taking a, a glimpse into it. Okay. That makes that, sense. That's that's good. That's good information to put out there to all the, uh, I guess, token creators, <laughs> <Yeah>. ecosystem uh, <laughs> birthers, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Yeah, that's a good. No benchmark. financial advice though, but I'm just that's yeah. kind of like my my you know uh, opinion on it. I guess. Sure. 
Well, yeah, if that's how you guys are thinking about it, then I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how the other indexers are thinking about it as well. It's like there are these like mental thresholds, I'm sure, that factor in. It's like, okay, like we need to start paying closer attention to this and then support it because, you know, the invisible hand is there pushing yeah. this thing above the rest, right? right? So, that's yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I see a lot of, of counterparts like with Ethereum with uh, the graph token. Mm and the graph protocol it's it allows people um, developers to create their own meta protocol if you will mm. code it themselves and submit it to the network and um and then they take the uh the burden of like supporting that whole meta protocol themselves by updating the graph ql mm -hmm. and so i see something similar happening here with like ordinals and indexers here is where if we come up with our own you know brc standard Right, and we think it's better, and we're going to use it for our own thing or whatever it is. But we need indexers to kind of support it, and so why don't we code like what's necessary for indexers to kind of look up on the Bitcoin blockchain, mm. submit that into this like you know eventual decentralized network, and that network is the one that kind of supports our our protocol. Mm. And um, I, I feel like that's probably going to be how we decentralize something like this, but. Having said that, it's very complex. Yeah. So uh, it's not going to be an easy task. Yeah, correct. So, Adiv, I got a quick question for you. Um, were you the one who set up, uh, who, who are setting up all the uh, Twitter spaces on for Genie Data? Do you set yeah. that up? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. and I, I, I guess you and I were on a Twitter space not too long ago, maybe like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, or something like that. And um, and I was talking about this crazy thing called DMT. Do you remember that? <laughs> DMT. There's no way you don't remember that. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, you gotta. You yeah, gotta, yeah. So, so DMT, DMT the drug or the... <laughs> uh, kind of close. It's close to a drug, but it's yeah. a actual digital matter theory. Mm -hmm. um, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was super interesting. Yeah. So, um, I I think what it is, it's it's nothing really complex, and it's not like a protocol or anything, but it's a name that identifies what. What, what makes specifically bitmap interesting, mm -hmm. but also it's a name that describes human nature and like in our entire history of like recognizing patterns. Mm. And, um, and the reason why I'm bringing it up now is because something like DMT and, and eventually a product of DMT, which is called NAT, which is non-arbitrary tokens, um, it's going to rely on indexers, just like everything else relies on indexers. And uh, so, so basically, the concept and the, the theory is this. The reason why Bitmap is interesting is because it's based on the data of Bitcoin's blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think that's why it, it captured the, the, the momentum as quickly as it did. Because when yeah. we talked about it for the first time, three weeks later, it blocked out. 800,000 inscriptions were inscribed mm -hmm. in three weeks. And it's, you know, one of the larger ordinals projects out there. And and I, and we think it's because that it's non-arbitrary. It's a metaverse that has always essentially kind of been there, and Batoshi Blakamoto basically discovered it. Mm -hmm. Right? He didn't invent it. He discovered bitmaps, mm -hmm. and um, and that's why it got people so interested. So yeah. so this idea of non-arbitrary tokens we feel like can be applied to the fungible aspect on on Bitcoin and the non-fungible aspect. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think I just, I, I, we just wanted to introduce that, that concept to you. And, and like, if, if we needed some sort of like contribution in, in the sense of like support from, from Genie data, how would we go about it? 
uh, for the DMT. Yeah, theory. DMT. Yeah. I, I I mean, me personally, I thought that was a really interesting idea, and I I quickly uh, spoke to my friends about about that afterwards, and <laughs> how that I mean, I obviously need to brush up on it a little bit, like right after I remembered uh, a lot of it, but yeah, that was like a really interesting theory. Um, mm. I think um, I think we we should do something as far as collaborative uh video something like that where we explain it to each other some some short analysis on it okay three to five minutes and i you know just kind of publish it on our youtube on our on our socials and okay i I think it's an incredible idea and it it goes it goes hand in hand with what we're trying to do and as well um just for the whole for the whole like ordinal space more mainly for bitmaps but i think it's i mean we're we're agnostic when it comes to which ordinal products we like the most right we We just we want to see the whole uh, space succeed. So we're very much interested in doing something like that. I think a video. Uh, I ask you the question, and then uh, yeah, you know sure. you go from there and and explain it. But so, I, I really I do think it's a pretty pretty uh, new uh, innovative idea that yeah. I never even thought about <laughs> until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately it's it's again the invisible hand, right? So right, it's just about getting that collective understanding that this is a. I guess like a principle native to like Bitcoin creation yeah. within this ecosystem that, that hasn't existed before in Web3. Like it's a whole new pivot of I. Of- yeah, think of it as BRC20s, except every single BRC20 that gets introduced has some source um, uh, from the Bitcoin blockchain. Mm-hmm. So so let me give you an example. So we've been thinking about this a lot. And uh, and one example, and we've we've been kind of writing a framework for all this, so that anybody can inscribe their own like pattern recognition, and then, and then, so let's say you uh, you you find a pattern on Bitcoin's blockchain with uh, let's, let's call it a hundred Bitcoin transaction, mm-hmm. right? That is a simple pattern that that you can see on Bitcoin's blockchain, right? Hundred Bitcoin. So then. What, what we would need help with an indexer or some sort of data you know, aggregator is to tell us how many transactions have occurred with 100 Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? Let's assume it's 100,000. So now, so now we have an inscription that identifies the pattern, right? 100 Bitcoin transaction, right? Whatever that format is, doesn't matter, right? But, but it exists. And what, what we want to create is, is allow people to recursively inscribe to it and create their own projects, whether it's a like a like a bitmap focused project where if you hold a parcel that has a hundred Bitcoin transaction, you can inscribe this t- this non arbitrary token. Mm-hmm. And then some other projects who say, well, I want to create an art project that is based on a hundred Bitcoin transaction, and so they inscribe to it and they create their own project. Mm-hmm. And so you could see like basically infinite amount of projects who all point to that pattern. Mm-hmm. And they're all creating assets based on the data on Bitcoin's blockchain. Yeah. And Instead of like an arbitrary, just a preset parameter that some human generated out of thin air that really yeah. has no tie to anything of, of substance, right? Right. That's the big differentiator is like now we can create digital products, digital matter, I guess, if you yeah. want to take it that far, rooted to something of substance within like the Bitcoin block data itself. So like, and why to do that? I mean, that's because my, no. yeah, my, my answer is always like, why the fuck not? Yeah. Right. <laughs> because we're all doing things one way now because we don't have a choice. Yeah. We don't have an option for something, yeah. something that's not arbitrary. Right. And I feel like that is kind of like it tags into like what is so attractive in like 
alluring about this building on Bitcoin space because the ordinals started with the similar thing. Like uh, Casey Rodimer saw there's something innately yeah. substantial within like the Bitcoin block information. It's the chronological order of these right. Satoshis that are introduced in every block. Right. Let me do something with that. Let yeah. me create some new value called ordinal theory. Yeah. Now you can like inscribe new information onto these units. Right. And then Bitoshi with bitmaps, let's create a whole metaverse like infrastructure around this idea of the blocks and then the rare transactions. Sats. Yeah. There's a lot. So we've seen these things kind of like organically happen on their own. And now, now it's just a matter of like, like let's slap a label around it or <laughs> like yeah. a name, uh, an, an, um, an umbrella principle, I guess, of like this activity. Yeah. Leveraging Bitcoins or any really blockchain data really potentially any data really yeah to uh you know as a root source of information for new digital creation so yeah that's just a, but of course like you're saying we got to put it out there it yeah. needs to be formalized it needs to be some structure to these ideas yeah and it needs to be a product i, I think it's i think it's a, a great idea i i really do i really um i was gonna ask you like what what way do you think we could we could work together mm -hmm. and uh and helping you kind of well i yeah i have one question so like support you guys if if uh so going on to like you know going deeper in this topic if uh if we needed if we needed a count of how many how many transactions transacted 100 bitcoin is that something that genie data has already and it's just like a matter of putting in that query in the database and like getting that information or is this something that you'd have to basically kind of retool and, and look at the Bitcoin core and then just like extract that data into and, and put it into the database is like, so is it readily available or is it something custom you have to put in? Yeah, it might be readily available. Like I said before, we're plugged into Bitcoin core mm -hmm. um, and we have, we have all the transactions happening. So we, we have it all indexed. Um, so it might be readily available. I'll have to look into that myself and okay. ask, but I, I think, um, I think um, I think we, we might have to retool. That's where mm. that's I'm getting that feeling yeah. that we might have to retool in that's order for us too. to be able to pull that that data. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Because when we say Bitcoin data, obviously a a Bitcoin transaction that is data, right? Mm -hmm. But we're talking about all of the data within yeah. the block, right? The hash values, uh, the inputs and outputs, uh, the minor messages, yeah. you know, all these like weird, obscure things. I feel like people can find patterns in all these things. And, and we would, we would need a method where people submit a pattern. And then, but in that submission, it tells you it's like that pattern. It was recognized a million times on the Bitcoin blockchain or mm -hmm. 10 times, a hundred times. So we need that sort of new functionality in order for people to identify a pattern and, uh, and then tell us like how many times that pattern exists so mm -hmm. that when a PFP project comes in, I was like, which of these patterns can I use to kind of leverage for my, my PFP project? It's like, mm -hmm. I want the pattern that has, you know, a thousand times or maybe 200,000 times. Mm -hmm. I use that pattern. I create my PFP project, which essentially generates 200,000 pictures because it's from the data of Bitcoin's blockchain. And then, you know, there's my project, mm -hmm. like non-arbitrary, you know, sources, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, this is definitely something brand new and yeah, yeah. we definitely would like your help yeah. <laughs> to explore this further because you guys are experts and we're, we're talking to other indexers, uh, you know, for sure, who are also very deeply well knowledge in like how to analyze Bitcoin's data. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, because and the it, alternative yeah. is that we'd have to index all this stuff ourselves. Yeah. And like, that's, 
I mean, if we got indexes already in the space, why why are we doing this, right? Yeah, exactly. I I have a question. Have you have you had a chance to look in our insight tool and see exactly? Um, because we might be able to help as far as. I'm not sure if we have all, like if you want to look at all the Bitcoin uh, transactions that happen in the whole in you know all its history. I'm not sure if we can provide that. And you know, but maybe, I know maybe that's not necessary. We don't need to go to the okay. full depths of all of Bitcoin just yet. We could just start like at the top layer, which is like the transactions or whatever okay. whatever top layer that you have. We just start there, mm -hmm. find patterns here, guys. Mm -hmm. Right. And then later we start supporting other pieces of data on Bitcoin's blockchains, like a new layer. It's like like the rock layer. Right. It's a new layer of like data that you can source. Yeah. And then you just go deeper and deeper and then find more data and, you know, eventually start creating all kinds of new, 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 whatever, new yeah. digital matter. That's yeah. right. That's right. So we, we have from the data we have, we have blocks, transaction inputs and then the outputs and then all the transactions. Okay. Sounds like there's if plenty you, in there to like. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> plenty. Yeah, plenty in there to like toy around. Yeah, the with. transaction yeah. hash that has plenty of source data for like pattern recognition. So yeah, yeah, we have block time, block number, block hash, hash, the hex number, the size. Yeah. Uh, weight, inputs, outputs, total. You know, um, transaction index. Hmm. So we have a we we have a decent amount. You, you should explore into it a little bit. See, okay. See what you guys. Can, I'm not sure it, we use Spark's uh, SQL. Okay. So I'm not sure. Um, yeah. And just like kind of maybe even use uh, a little bit of um, ChatGPT to help you optimize it a little bit. And then you can sure. also use our tutorial guides that we have that can give you some of the code to help you okay. uh, start. Beautiful. So, so, uh, so with that information, is it, is it even possible to get a count of a pattern through, through, through that information or, is that like something custom that we would probably have to build alongside Genie Data? Yeah, it might have to be something you build custom. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. You, you to if you can find patterns, you wouldn't be able to get like block hash. Yeah, just and, like, like and, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, so ba basically, and you wouldn't be able to get the fees too, and 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 all of that. But I'm not. I'm not sure if you could get patterns. Yeah, um, I, I, and, and I'm not. And especially from, I'm, I'm not sure from what your um, sure. perspective you want exactly, you know. No, I, I think I get it now. So we can we can get all that information that Genie Data already has. We take that information and then we can start parsing it out for pattern recognition that anybody mm -hmm. submits. Yeah. Correct. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that, make, that makes sense too, yeah. I think right. you do. And, and if you need our help and, and doing something like that, I'll, I can connect you with some of our guys from our product development team. Um, and I, I think like what we can do is you, you, we can clip some of this, what, some of this uh, podcast and I can also send it over sure, to yeah. them. And, and, and like, I think you explained it well here, exactly what you're, what uh, you guys are trying to do with uh, the pattern recognition within the, that, um, that DMT model. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. and no one's going to forget that by the way, <laughs> <laughs> no one will forget what DMT, the DMT model means or yeah. stands for, you know? Now that you uh, you yeah. explained it to me, so yeah, and and uh, I I think it, it's interesting, and, and we're so like locked into this because the entire like history of cryptocurrency has been pure arbitrary, mm -hmm. like the whole thing, right? Yeah. It wasn't until we had ordinals and 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 we had you know the rare sats and then bitmap, like that's when we started to realize like the, these things are non-arbitrary. They're yeah. 
they they've been there they're just now officially recognized they've been yeah. discovered right Correct. the patterns yeah and, and so it's like yeah it's like we were wondering it's like why is it why is bitmap so interesting why are ordinals so interesting? why yeah and it was because of this yeah right so because yeah we want to see more of this basically yeah. but in order for more of this to happen standards have to kind of like exist so that you yeah. know creators and developers can can leverage them right all right adiv you've yeah. definitely confirmed it for us we have <laughs> a lot more work to do yeah. um but i appreciate but I, it I have, I have a question for you guys sure and this doesn't need to necessarily be on or not um I, i'm curious like there were bitcoin e nfts in like 20 i think 2015 2014 mm. um what what makes you guys excited on ordinals right now like why Mm. Um, obviously from our perspective, we're excited, we're, we're working on it, but I want to hear from, from, uh, from your perspective, from a content creator perspective. And as well, you guys are very, um, high, high level thinkers in the space. I'm curious to hear your, your thoughts. I appreciate that. Um, I, I think it's very similar to how indexers think and, and maybe even traders, degen traders. It's like, even though, you know, these NFTs have existed, you know, since 2015, like counterparty and all that, they've never captured any liquidity right and so it, it wasn't as interesting right yeah I, I yeah yeah i guess we weren't around but i, I i've heard the lore and the stories of yeah. like that was kind of like the the movement that was kind of like generated there as far as like let's build new stuff with yeah. this blockchain thing that we you know that that you know where bitcoin originated from that's kind of like what spun into ethereum right and yeah you know the whole smart contract concept and that obviously flourished and boomed it's true. But the thing that's really interesting to us is like now it's all returning to Bitcoin and uh, it, it introduces a slew of problems, which for whatever reason in our history's past, we just yeah. we get attracted to problems, <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. in the metaverse space, because like we're, we're no we're no strangers to problem solving. Yeah. Right. Building for the metaverse has been like one of the more difficult things. And yeah, we've run across so many that we can't do it alone. Like no yeah. way. Yeah. And we, we tried our best to convince like other metaverse builders of like to identify these core dilemmas and problems that we found, but it seems like none of them agree with us. So it's like, we're, we're tasked to do it all ourselves, right, right. which is unfeasible. Yeah. So like this whole bitmap thing came, came, comes about. It's like, all right, now we, again, we have this alignment mechanism for metaverse builders and devs. We're all on the same team now. Yeah, we're all right. like individually contributing infrastructure collectively, as opposed to like, we're doing our own thing. Right. You guys stay away. Yeah. Silos. Silos. Yeah. That's the difference. The opportunity of bitmap and building in this like ordinals infrastructure is that and it feels a lot more like collaborative yeah. like we're all working together so i feel like there's a better chance of like actually the real vision of the metaverse being realized here as opposed to siloverse yeah outside of here you yeah. know what i mean and just because i mean you'll will will tell you dude i found no interest in bitcoin yeah. Pre ordinals. I thought it was the most boring snooze fest of all time. You're a psychopath, dude. <laughs> I just, that. It was so boring. <laughs> the, the the narrative of Bitcoin is just, you know, digital gold all day, every day. Sexy. I, I, I got so bored <laughs> and turned off by it. I was like, I want to spend my time in Ethereum yeah. where they're actually building cool shit. Right, right. And now that building cool shit energy is here in Bitcoin. Yeah. And it's it's just way more attractive now to True. where We've basically completely faded Ethereum. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it was it's basically kind of the timing, it sounds like. You know, like maybe Bitcoin wasn't ready in 2014, 2015. Yeah. Uh during that time. But we saw ETH experiment with NFTs and a lot of the experimentation happened there with DeFi. And we saw that it's possible in the in the Bitcoin realm now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it was largely 
misunderstood that you could even build on a blockchain like you could with Ethereum. Yeah. And so back in 2015, like it, it wasn't clear what was happening with like the NFTs on there. Yeah. And I guess like the, the, again, the problems and dilemmas that I guess we as an ecosystem on, on top of, you know, ordinals or whatever that we're dealing with today, there probably weren't enough developers around back then to, yeah. to deal with all those problems. Right. Yeah. So they just spun off into Ethereum and created like a better like architecture framework with smart contracts, like yeah. from the get go. Yeah. Attracting more devs and yeah. I yeah. think. I don't know. Just speculating. Yeah, these are good questions, Adiv. You got any more? <laughs> no, I, I was just curious because I, I wanted to I wanted to hear your, your thoughts. I've I've been hearing like in space as people talk about like other uh, like the Bitcoin NFTs in 2014, 2015. And I don't know, I, I just thought you guys would have a mm. uh good response to that, which you did. I think I think it makes sense. I think overall most important thing to think about is is the timing. Is is the timing right now with uh ordinals because I, I want to see ordinals thrive. I want to yeah. see ordinals yeah. continue to thrive and and I mean we're building in the bear market, which is a very exciting thing. So that's yeah. when you know most exciting things happen is during the bear market, and then you see things take off in the bull market. That's I right. just want to see the takeoff part happen, you know, and that's what yeah. I'm like kind of a little anxious for, um, yeah, nervous for. So and we've seen it happen yeah. before. The last bear market, like we we, we were there when we saw Axie Infinity, like mm -hmm. a baby. And we, mm. you know, people were like, it was like a couple handful of players. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, dude, what is, are they doing? Is, is, is this going to be it? Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> it became it. Yeah. It became the it that proved Web3 Gaming is like a real thing to pay attention to. That's right. Um, what else did we see? We saw, we, we just NFTs in general. NFTs. We're like, people are like, crypto people, kitties, like, crypto punks, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And all this was done during a bear market. It's like, people really want to collect art. Right. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> and then like a year or two later, guess what? Everybody wanted digital art. Yeah, it was like $60 billion yeah. of volume for just digital yeah. art. Correct. So we already have that experience in mind. Like, do not fade anything that's being built in a bear market. Oh, yeah. Because mm. you, you just can't. Because you never know. No. Some of these are going to become darlings and unicorns of the future. Yeah, this is the infrastructure. This is the foundation of the next bull run is, yeah. is being built right now. Exactly. So that's mm. why, yeah, we've always said the same thing as a content creators because we've been around for four years. So it's like, dude, bear markets are our favorite time. Oh, yeah. This is whenever, way more interesting than the yeah. bull market. Once the bull market comes, it's like, it's, it's, like, it's just everyone's just like full-blown marketing mode. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> like, you know, nobody really knows. Yeah. Everyone's throwing out crazy trailers and videos and stuff. Yeah. Like, that, that's really <laughs> what's going on. Everyone's just trying to sell. Yeah. Right. So. Brothy. Brothy is crap as yeah. hell. Yeah. So, yeah, we're aligned in that, dude, for sure. Yeah, yeah we're definitely cool. equally as enthused. All right, Adiv, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been uh, an amazing talk, talking about Genie Data and a little bit of DMT here at the end. Always Everyone to throw in a little DMT. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if, if you guys actually were talking about the drug, though. Like, what a pivot that would have right. been. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have you tried DMT The, the medicine, the medicine, yeah. I call it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, thank you again, Adiv. You're more than welcome to come back uh, with any updates that you guys have. And uh, we're more than open to working with you guys. You guys have been amazing, always uh, contributing to the Ordinals ecosystem, which is quickly growing. And uh, yeah, man, we're just happy to collaborate. And um, so, yeah, I appreciate you for joining us, man. Thank you, guys. No, this was uh, this was awesome. This was a great discussion. Uh, it's always fun to to you know get 
into the into the depths of mm. of what's happening in this in this ordinals ecosystem so yeah. definitely should do a spaces together all of us and yeah. and continue and continue the dial di- uh the dialect the discussion yeah between between uh the dialogue sorry between between all this so yeah so, one, one more quick thing before you go is um you have something called an og pass that is mm-hmm. up for claims and grabs That's correct right. so we're gonna have a link in the description of like how you know there's a twitter thread i think or a tweet that tells you all the qualification but quickly if you can just summarize the idea of the og pass and what it can enable for you know holders yeah no thank you for thank you for reminding me that was uh that's yeah. good i uh, i think uh so right now we have a few different uh w- things that will occur with the og pass it's uh it's going to be a way for us to determine who are the early adopters within our ecosystem so early adopters will get special privileges special privileges as far as like airdrops go as far as uh special access to certain uh events that we have going on digital events to real life events you'll get vip access You'll get very uh, discounted fees on our inscriptions and and other uh, services that we offer on our platform. You'll get a very you know discounted fee fee to even free um, options. And then uh, we have a different a lot more a lot more things that uh, we we have we have coming to Genesis Pass holders. And currently, the only way you're going to be able to get them is um, through either our partners like you guys or through. Um, yeah, basically through our partners. That's the only way. So we're gonna give you guys, allocate you guys a couple to give to your community, and then, Sweet. Um, and then, yeah, that's the only way people will actually get it through our through partners and through our own giveaway we're having on our Twitter. So um, we're only gonna we're gonna have a very limited amount. Like I think max five hundred something oh, wow, around wow. there. Okay. Um, so it's gonna be free for everyone that does get access to mint it, and then um, after that, it's gonna be secondary. So. Yep, right on, that's kind of like the idea behind it. That's awesome. Yeah, looking forward to that drop for sure. Yeah, we've seen OG passes in the past mm-hmm. do significant work. You know, Unisa had one. Yep. Got you past that ridiculous paywall barrier that existed yeah. in the beginning days. Where you had to look at because inscriptions were not as cheap back in those days. You had to inscribe a lot just to even get access. Right. right? So, yeah, you could do a lot as far as like providing utility and a bonus. Um, access yeah user experience enhancements with these types of Mm -hmm. devices so yeah i I love it yeah yeah i really appreciate that that extension to our community so so again adiv uh we don't want to take any more of your time i really appreciate your time with us and uh and again more than welcome to come back and yeah appreciate it and have a good one man yeah appreciate you guys it was a pleasure have a good have a good rest of your day all right peace peace Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner.